Welcome to Bridge from Nowhere. I'm Andy. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lou. Today we welcome back Sarah Ginter, who tells us what it was like to be a Juno kid traveling in the great big world. But I do remember seeing cows on the hillside in California, and they weren't, like to me, all animals were wild if they weren't like tied down. And so I asked my mom what all the wild cows were doing on the hillside. <laughs> Lou gets frustrated. It worked for a little well, bit. Well, let me tell the story. <laughs> Our poo engineer Marissa Capito finds out our love for a certain president. He's the official president of Bridge from Nowhere. I think it's safe to say, right? He's <laughs> my favorite. You guys are way into Taft. We love Taft. And Lou predicts the future of poo. Soon we may have a perpetual power. Yeah, perpetual, perpetual power. Perpetual power. <laughs> the future. Wow, Lou, you are on bright. fire. Also today, Lou begins to tell the tale of a storied trophy. The Stanley Cup. Yes. Lord Stanley's Cup. Lord Stanley's Cup. Yep. Did you, let me ask you this. Did you at one time hold the Stanley Cup? I did. All coming up on Bridge from Nowhere. You get a lot of holes in your pants. What's going on with the holes in your pants? Why do you get so many holes in your pants? I know why. Uh, why? I don't know why. <laughs> well, this last hole in my pants, which you can see right now. Yeah, it's yes. hard to avoid. Andy, look. I don't look want to. It. I wish you'd wear underwear more I'm often. I'm staring. <laughs> <laughs> I was in on Alaska filming for Rasmussen Foundation, and I was stepping, making a large step up this Rip. hill. Up a mountain, and it just went. <laughs> Luckily, I decided to bring an extra pair of pants. I was debating, you know, I'm Not only there for the a whole one or two days. I could just pack light, just bring one pair of pants. It's good. Yeah. I usually bring an extra pair of pants just for the airplane. Yeah, ride. just the airplane. Mm. Yeah, just in case. Well, I have my, you know me, I have my comfy pants for airplane I know. Rides. I'm so jealous. I've still never quite unlocked that. Yeah. Where did you get those? You got those at Costco? I think so. I can't remember. They're not but there they're anymore. Just, I'll tell just you that. Like, they're just like kind of warm-up pants, mm-hmm. but they're kind of, they have pockets and they're, yeah. they're functional as pants. Mm-hmm. They're ugly. I mean, they're not like pants you'd want to wear to a meeting or something, but, you know, they're... Well, you're uh, flying. We're all... Are they fleece or something? They're kind of sort of like a shiny fleece, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a warm-up pant kind of a thing. Are they hot? They never get hot, right? They could be warm. I mean, if it's a warm day out, they can get warm, but, you know, they're they're not bad. They're good for that, and they're kind of perfect for airplane temperature, but they're just so comfy. Yeah, you know, I've no, always been jealous no, of that. There's no... There's, the waistband is expandable yeah. and... And, and they're you just swell and attract yes. on an airplane ride. Yes. Yeah. And then you can of... sleep in them. And then yep. anything that might, you know, expand or contract while you're sleeping is mm, fine. Is fully covered. <laughs> you know, we're gonna... <laughs> 24B is yelling again. What's going on? I have a couple of double gin and tonics and one of those picnic packs, and you're still feeling good in those pants. Old passenger 57. Old... <laughs> Always bet on black. <laughs> <laughs> that movie. Oh, that movie. Yeah. Where's Wesley Snipes these days? It's hard to know. I don't know, man. He, What's he like, up to? Didn't he get in some kind of legal difficulty? It seems inevitable, but right? I don't know. Yeah, we don't see much of him anymore. He just seemed like he seemed like a loose cannon or something. Yeah, kinda. time for a comeback. But that's what you like about him. Yeah. You know, he's a fun guy. 
I guess. <laughs> he seemed like a fun guy. I liked hanging out with him. Yeah. <laughs> miss him. Miss those days. Those were good I miss days Wesley. with Wesley Snipes. Those were great days. <laughs> what about you? You got any? We got you got travel. You got do you have a travel strategy pants? Strategy travel. Me? Like you're going to you're going to Ireland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you you don't have your glasses in or something? Is that what's going on? Oh, I took them off because the headphones. See, like I've been them. looking at Lou a lot of times, and you keep saying me. <laughs> me? Well, I just I just want to talk. <laughs> Is it my turn? I love talking. I know you're a good talker. I took them off because the headphones were. No, you don't me, have to. I, you no, don't I have to have them on. Again. But it's just been a funny thing because right. Am I am I wrong about this? Jamie, sort of... put your shirt back on. <laughs> so if you could just stop declothing. Well, as as I've covered before, it gets hot in these studios. <laughs> it does. They really need some AC It's in oppressive. Here. I just need my clothing yeah, off. Yeah, I swear to God, I need to start removing some stuff. I just need to breathe. The chafe. <laughs> All the way down to my banana hammock. I need to breathe. <laughs> I'm still hot. <laughs> so hot. No, yeah. I was wondering, Lou, you were saying that you were kind of debating. I think that's true. You know, you go through those debates about, I always overpack. Mm-hmm. I have the oh, I struggle. I always overpack. Always. But then the one time, right, that I ever say, well, I'm going to not overpack, and then I get burnt. Mm-hmm. Seems like that's the one time that like a, you know. You forgot your wipes. Yeah, or a banana daiquiri spills on me or something. Or you get the Stanley. The Stanley. Yeah. Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup. Which we've never talked about. The Stanley Cup. Yes. Lord oh, Stanley's Stan- Cup. Lord Stanley's Cup. Yep. Should we go through it? We can. We can introduce it. The Stanley Cup. You were t- we were talking about you're traveling with your friend Andrew. Mm-hmm. Is he in- he's in on the Stanley Cup, right? The Stanley Cup is a an association, a loose association, a loose, <laughs> flabby, <laughs> flappy, money uh, association. So we 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 made a pact that uh, anytime any one of us has an accident, we must tell the others. Stains themselves. With poop. So there's an actual... With their own poop, not, own a, not poop. someone else's yeah. poop. No no dog. So there's an actual physical trophy. That Lou made. I made it, and it's got engraved names on a plaque. That... How, how many names? Mm, four right now. Four. <laughs> so, and has the... And so whoever is the latest mm-hmm. stain holds the cup. Yes. And um, how long has that person been holding the cup? It's been a long time, hasn't it? Oh, at least two years, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's been a while. It's, yeah. That's kind of amazing. You think that that group of people... Now, I think that maybe that are Jamie and I also now within the realm of being qualifying for the Stanley Cup? All you have to do is say you want to be so- part of it. All you have yeah, to do is soil say, yourself. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm in the, yeah, you, in you the guys collection, in. right? Because I was worried oh, I was Oh, you're gonna... engraved? I, well, no, 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 I've never no, been engraved. No. Oh, okay. But no, you're only engraved if you actually held it. I joined, That's what I'm wondering. I joined the league as an expansion yes. team, but I have yet to win the Stanley <laughs> Cup. <laughs> now, right yeah. now, the Stanley Cup is with, I'm not going to say names, but Matt. Yeah. And he's in Reno. Who I've never met. And Matt, now let's go through the how each one of these champions, well, past champions. We're going to have to have each person tell their own story. Well, that's a good yeah. one. Tell, tell maybe the best one, like the most the most storied champion of the Stanley Cup. <laughs> or uh, your favorite. Oh, shit. You don't have to name names. I think we're going to have to call Paul. Did you, let me ask you this. Did you at one time hold the Stanley Cup? I did. 
Well, let's hear the story of how you, the storied magical season, the miracle on ice. <laughs> the miracle on ice. <laughs> Gather around, kids. Uncle Lou's going to story tell you a story. It's story time. I'm going to tell you a story about the Stanley Cup. The miracle on shist. Nice. <laughs> so, I don't know what year this was, at least a couple years ago. Three, four years ago, maybe. It's been years, years since I have had, had an accident. Had one of those kinds of accidents. At least a decade. Now, let me just say, is sharding, that does not qualify, am I right? It can qualify, yes. Really? Depends on the amount, I would say, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's if you think it qualifies, it does. Oh, so it's an honor system kind of thing? Totally. There's no sure. photographic proof <gasps> no. necessary. Come inspect well, I got a book. I mean, this. I think that there should be something. Wow, that's that's a bridge too far. I think. Now that it's got that, tro- I've seen that trophy. I want it on my desk. It's got a fake turn well, in it. Just I go, know. Just go shit yourself, man. It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that's what you really want, you could literally have it in like the next hour. <laughs> well, you have no idea. On the way to you, you yeah. have no idea. All right, so. I was up in Fairbanks helping Andrew. We were building these two cabins, big size things. And uh, the owner would come by up to six times a day just to see what's happening. And pain in the ass. Yeah. And so we had to get a, um, we had to get a port of John because usually, um, we just pee in the woods or whatever. Yeah, right. So I went, and Andrew, I, I told him, you know, I hate using this thing because it's got terrible splashback, and that blue oh. junk comes up. Ugh. Yeah, that stuff's the worst. And he said, you know, there's what I do is I make a bridge out of toilet paper, <laughs> and you poop on that, and it just rolls off to the side. I said, all right. So I, I did it. You put the bridge... Uh, under the seat, you lay the seat down, and it worked. Like a box girder bridge? How do you construct a bridge? <laughs> you just lay just some a toilet hammock? paper. Lay some a hammock. toilet paper hammock across. Method, yeah. Okay. Drape method. Mm-hmm. And that just allows it to hit that first, and then when it does fall in, it doesn't it's, splash it's, up. Yeah, it's farther away from you. But it, it, it didn't hold its integrity. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I thought, well, that, that bridge can't hold. It's like that galloping Gertie bridge. Um, so I thought, you know, I could do what the bridge does, just go and move and be out of the way. <laughs> and it worked for a little bit. Hubris. It worked for a little well, bit. Well, let me tell the story. <laughs> um, so I, I left the, the, the John, and then immediately the people rolled up. And they had this little rat dog, and it came up to me, and I thought, oh, this dog smells like crap. (laughs) This dog stinks. Get away. (laughs) And I kept thinking, oh, or maybe I stepped in its crap or something, but that dog stank like hell. (laughs) Or like, And I And I kept thinking, they're going to think that it's me. Yeah. But it's their stupid dog. And uh, the woman came up and talked to me for a little bit. Oh, God. <laughs> I was just, just, just kind of standing there. There's not much you can do. Thinking to myself, lady, it's your dog. It's not me. <laughs> they left. 
little poopy schnauzery thing left too. And but I could still smell it. So I checked my shoes, there was nothing on there. And I realized, wait a second. <laughs> when I was in the John, I didn't hear a splash. <laughs> so I went back in and I checked my pants. Oh the underwear. There's nothing there. Nothing in the underwear. No, so uh apparently <laughs> I ended up in between the underwear and the pants. <laughs> so I don't say that I fish myself. I say that I fish on myself, which well, is a yeah. little bit less embarrassing. I guess. So I told this to Andrew, but unfortunately oh. he for him, he was on top of the he was on top of the building putting in the uh Shingles, yeah, and he was laughing so hard he couldn't hold the 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 uh, <laughs> the nail gun, the nail gun anymore. <laughs> and for the, luckily, I had a change of pants. I just took my clothes and threw them away, <laughs> so I was wearing shorts the rest of the day, <laughs> and uh, with no underwear on. And just randomly, every maybe twenty minutes, he'd start stop working and laughed his ass off out there. <laughs> Shut up! Get back to work! Damn it! <laughs> I don't think I held the Stanley Cup that long after that event. It was eclipsed by another event. Yes. Another worthy opponent. Another worthy mm -hmm. opponent. So we're going to have to call the guys and have them yeah, tales. tell them. Tales for another day. Tales of the Stanley Cup here on Bridge from Nowhere. Next, our guest Sarah Ginter tells us of the greatest book ever created. The greatest <laughs> book ever written was written by my brother oh. when he was about six years old or something. Oh, I've heard about it's that. It's called I, I Like You, Sam. I like your stuff. I like your and downstairs. It's just, I like you, Sam. I like your stuff. I like your downstairs. And it's a staircase and a smoking gun <laughs> floating in the air pointing at the staircase. That's right. You were going to make a movie of that, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, we totally still should. Yeah. We have it. What does he think about that? I don't even know if I've told him. Oh, I've oh, it's amazing, though. <laughs> I should. I like your stuff. <laughs> No, he was six when he wrote this? I don't, he's obviously a little kid because everything's spelled wrong. Yeah. It's I like your stolf, S-T-O-F. L-I-K, isn't it? concept of what he was trying to do? Was he trying to write a rap song I kind of don't want to ask. I don't know. Was he trying to write a song? Was he trying to just... Card to a girl. I don't know if he remembers that. I like your downstairs. It's Sam Copenhagen. I don't know if you ever knew him, but that's the Sam. I like your downstairs. I like you, Sam. <laughs> Watch out for the gun floating and <laughs> floating gun down yeah. the stairs. It is the greatest book. <laughs>
So oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Caro does a good reading of it. To tell someone, yeah. yes. <laughs> to tell someone that you like their downstairs <laughs> is to let them. I know. Wow. It's a compliment That's I've never gotten in my life. No. no one's ever told me they like my downstairs. I mean, not in so many words. <laughs> no, not really in any words. Most people just say, I don't, I don't like your downstairs. I do not like your downstairs. <laughs> Usually what I get is, oh, God, you're downstairs. Let's let's keep things your on the main. Your downstairs is horrific. Yeah. <laughs> I get a lot of like, thing out. yep, I get a lot of just, let's keep it on the main oh, floor, clean Jamie. Clean the basement, huh? Up on the main floor is where we should be, oh, Jamie. Man. I do not like your downstairs. Or your smoking gun. <laughs> <laughs> your stuff. Your, your stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, All right. Well, welcome back to Bridge from Nowhere, everyone. I'm Jamie. And I like your downstairs. Thank, thank you. <laughs> I've worked hard on my downstairs. Jamie, put your pants on. <laughs> it's radio. I don't have to put my pants on. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you get the memo, Lou? This was a no pants session. <laughs> Sarah, Ginter is here with us. Lou makes when he doesn't get the pants memo. Now, Sarah, let me ask you this: Given your attire, which is leggings, yeah, did you hear about this thing where these two little kids couldn't get on an airline flight because they had leggings on? No. Did you hear about this? Little kids. I heard about that. These two ten-year-old kids were supposed to get on a flight, and they were told they weren't wearing appropriate attire for the flight. Now, apparently, they were the relatives. They were flying on an employee pass right. in which there are pretty strict policies. Oh, but wow. It's like, still, I don't even think I'm dressed well enough to fly on an employee pass right now. You Seriously, like, you have to, like, dress up. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Now, I was at my mom's house last week, and we watched a lot of TV news, and this was thoroughly covered <laughs> by the national television right? news. Yes. Like, we don't have real stuff to worry no. about. We're talking about that crap. Brought on all kinds of experts and, like, former United experts. Airlines employees. I mean, seriously. Like, well, you know, they're legging flying experts. on an employee pass, and, you know, leggings are fine for normal. Yeah, it was quite the story. Wow. There was outrage. I mean, there was outrage. Well, it seems sexist social to media. me. Right? Yeah. It seems to me like a sexist Clearly, like a sexist policy. They were girls. Yeah. What if a man was wearing leggings? Would they let him on? (laughs) I've always been let on. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Sir, the potato goes in the front. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've mostly been let on because people don't really know what to do with it. Like, that guy's wearing leggings. That's not, I'm not talking to him. (laughs) That guy's wearing what would normally be called leggings. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure what to call them right now. I'm seeing way too much of his downstairs. (laughs) I want no part of interacting with him. Just let him on the plane. You would loosely call what he's wearing yeah. leggings. I get leggings. my own row on the plane when I wear leggings. Actually, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Leggings are a wild phenomenon, though. Yeah. I mean, they're really They've a phenomenon. They've just started, yeah. They're just a and thing. And I've been subbing at the middle in high schools, and they are wearing them. Wearing the leggings. They just started Crop tops in and leggings. Alaska. Crop tops and leggings. That's what, That's what kids, kids are, are wearing. wearing. Mostly girls. Mostly girls. <laughs> and long, long hair is very in. Oh, it's kind of, wow. I've been taking notes, my fashion notes, because right. it does take a while. How old are these kids? They're middle and high school. Oh. Yeah. Long, long hair, crop tops, leggings. Oh, yeah. And I chokers, had no idea. Which were cool when I was in middle school. Chokers. So I think it's a little bit too soon for them to be coming back. Yeah. Because I'm not that old. Yeah, we were working on my car. And then, I don't oh, know. Cool. Yeah, probably. It's a fun, manly activity. And out of room time. 
And by working on our, by us working on my car, I meant that Lou worked on my car, and I stood by him. And you wiped some grease. And I wiped some grease on myself. Yeah, and I got dirty. (laughs) It was kind of like when (laughs) Lou chopped a hole in the ice, and you just stood to the side holding a hot toddy. (laughs) Yeah, you've experienced it. Yeah, that's when me and Lou go do stuff together. Yeah. Manager. Men, yes. men, men. Manager. Men, I make sure that. Men, 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 men. Someone's got to be the foreman. Men, men, men. That's right. I got to make sure Lou's safe. <laughs> Following procedure. Yes. Jamie likes to play foreskin. Foreman. Oh. <laughs> That's what they call them in the trades. Foreskin. Oh, I'm the foreskin today. I just read nice. about speaking of foreskin. <laughs> and we were. <laughs> I just read about this really interesting disorder where you're <laughs> Yes, first... <laughs> indeed. Continue. Please proceed. I'm taking medical terminology right now, so I have to learn all these. It's called phimosis, I think. And it's where your foreskin's too tight, so you can't get it down. And it interferes with your peeing and hygiene. Whoa. <laughs> phimosis? Yeah, like phimosis. Phimosis. Ph. Was it on uncircumcised penises? That would be an uncircumcised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe we should start an anatomy corner segment with Sarah Ginter. <laughs> if we could just start with the penises. Yes. <laughs> Disorders. I decided to be reading my textbook in the um, in the rookery doing my homework, and they and I was also watching the lecture, and there was like this very long, very graphic video of live birth happening, and where they were like reaching hands in and pulling out and suction cups and and you're watching this at a and place someone, where people eat yeah and like a family friend came up to talk to me and i was like trying to turn it off and there was also pictures of rotting penises on the <laughs> in the textbook <laughs> so what's the opposite of phimosis um if it's flaposis <laughs> yeah if it's like <laughs> elephant trunk what is super flappy? That's like a sleeping bag. <laughs> Can just curl up in there. They call it North Face Osis. <laughs> Patagosis. Oh, no. <clears throat> store things in there. Like a chipmunk. Like, like a marsupial. Like a... <laughs> God. <laughs> just shove it up there and tie the end. Yeah. <laughs> super later, useful. Later you have snacks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm a little hungry. Mm. I'm feeling I'm a little... Num, num, num. Warm dickish, are you? Gross. Gross. (laughs) I agree. Sorry, I ever brought it up. No, it's your fault. It wasn't going to go anywhere. You know, it wasn't going to go well when you brought that up. I mean, look at us. Interesting. (laughs) Yes. Hmm. Well, Hmm. interesting. Tell us more. Good to know you're studying. Seems like a real shame. (laughs) Yes. Seems like a real shame. Seems like a poor people. Boy, I have empathy. Sorry for that, fellow. <laughs> Poor fellow. Well, that's an unhappy fellow. <laughs> Poor fellow. His old his old chap is a little too constricted. <laughs> he can't wash himself. Up next, Juno Ninjaneer Marissa Capito from the Wastewater Facility tells us all about the future of poo. But first, we reveal the official president of Bridge from Nowhere. Right now, 
pit stains. We're so nervous. I know. <sighs> this whole shirt's a pit stain. <laughs> sure used to be white. It yeah. doesn't look like it. That's the secret. When mm-hmm. you sweat, you you just gotta let it take over. Uh, that is the benefit of wearing dark shirts. Those mm-hmm. people don't often mm-hmm. know about your pit stains. <laughs> By the way, Lou got his Taft shirt tonight, and I have a Taft shirt. Really? So we all so Fire we have to up. do a three three man Taft, Taft shirt, shirt night. Thing. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. be good. Three Taft, way, three Taft way Taft. Like Taft, the president. The president. president Taft. There's also a there's also a uh, brew house in Cincinnati called Taft's Brew House. There so are T-shirts. With there's president T-shirts with Taft? President yes. Taft. Taft. He's drinking a beer. He's the official president of Bridge from Nowhere. I think it's safe to say, right? He's <laughs> my favorite. You guys are way into Taft. We love Taft. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's the lead on Way Into Tap, but we're also into him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, so many firsts as a president. I'm ashamed so to many say. Firsts. So many firsts. I'm ashamed to say I know absolutely nothing well, about Well, here's Taft a few firsts. There are many first things. He owned the last, he owned the first presidential automobile, and he owned the last presidential cow, which, <laughs> which he probably ate. I mean, let's, let's be fair. <laughs> right. you know? um, he was the first president to throw at the first pitch at a baseball game. And he was the only person to ever be president and chief justice of the Supreme Court. Last Whoa. president to have facial hair. Now, John um, Quincy Adams was on the Supreme Court. But he was but but not was chief, chief justice. justice. Yeah. A.K.A. Little Magic mm-hmm. with the Silver Fox. Isn't right? that Martin Van Buren? Damn it! Damn it! Sorry, no. You and your logic. They both had mutton chops, but yeah. yeah. Well, you had they were the mutton days. chops presidents. Yes. So, he lacks whiskers. He lacks the fiber to be our president. There's a lot of that in those days. Yeah. It lacks whiskers. Taft was really a man of the people. He was a man of the people. He was. A, he loved peace. He was not a war guy. So he a tried, big man tried of to the keep people. America out of war. He loved food. He loved food. He was Did a big he? man. Especially beef, huh? He loved the beef. He was a big man. He got stuck in the bathtub, Did he, which is though? kind of the thing most people know. I don't know. He was a big guy. I was just going to ask that question. I don't. I think that's actually a legend that he may not have actually gotten stuck yeah, in a bathtub. If, I mean, I mean, like I maybe I, he I, couldn't get out of it because yeah. bathtubs you get slippery. Well, I mean, there's you a, know, there is stuck in a bathtub. I mean, I you can see pretty, like not being. Oh, I can't get out. It's uh, but, it, he, they did install a special bathtub for Taft. Now yeah. that is true. Mm-hmm. A special extra big like huge, a hot tub. Huge, yeah. huge. Bath for Taft. He loved to bathe. Bath for Taft. He liked to bathe, which is nice. He's one of our cleaner presidents. Taft bath, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a body shop. Called Taft bath. It's just going to have Taft's face all over everything. That's good. I think that's going to sell. I love it. That's just cleanliness. Mustache-related products. (laughs) Filled with beef tallow. (laughs) Tallow. Beef tallow. (laughs) (laughs) The smell of burning beef tallow. With sandalwood. Mm. So going back to... The uh, Lou poo dryer. Where are we? Let's. What's the segment? Welcome back to Bridge from Nowhere. We're with Marissa Capito, the poo engineer for the city of Juno. Hey, <laughs> what's up, guys? Hello. We're talking uh, all things poo and infrastructure around poo, and like the 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 the, the bleeding edge technology. And I hate to use the word bleeding edge. Oof. Uh-oh. When talking about poo, <laughs> yikes! But uh, but there's this really cool piece of equipment. So Lou, what were you, you were just asking? Last time we talked about the new ideas you have for a poo drying system to reduce the volume, and it goes on a conveyor belt and goes through the drying process, and then what happens after that? Now you have such less volume. 
make buildings right. out of Adobe? Such <laughs> such less volume. It looks a lot like dirt. Doesn't mm-hmm. have any pathogens in it. And we're lucky in Juneau. We don't have a lot of industry or manufacturing here. Mm-hmm. So our poo is relatively clean, meaning there's not a lot of weird chemicals oh, or metals oh, in interesting. it. <clears throat> so our poo, when it comes off this dryer, is going to have a really high reuse value. It can be reused as fertilizer in lawns or gardens. It can be used like in, in Oregon. In here. here. It can be uh, no. in here. No. You don't think so? Well, I, I mean, I think technically it could be, but I don't want my own poo on my lawn. How do you, you know it's going to be yours? Yeah, it could you be mine. Know. Oh, in that case, <laughs> well, sign me up. <laughs> it's probably going to be Actually, mine. Actually, that's a good question. There, yeah. there could, is... we, could we request specific poo? Or is it like, but Andy's question, can you request your own poop back? Probably not. Probably huh? not. Yeah. I wouldn't. No. I, <laughs> that would be, uh, that would be, be a monumental amount. I mean, it'd be, it's just a lot of paperwork because and it would like be, tracking. Also, yeah. it'd be the, it'd be a, a case of, of the haves and have-nots. Also, you know? true. yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. So, um, how much will this reduce the volume by? Um, down to about a seventh of what we normally wow. have. Wow, that's seven. F- and that's just that's all. So we so we normally make uh, seven thousand wet tons, and. <laughs> That's that's a unit of measure that we use in the poop world. WTs. Wet tons. Wet tons. Corn. Laden, really, it's just wet tons. it's literally all just water content. That's the that's it's, the when it yeah. comes in six it's, sevenths. So what we consider solids are actually ninety nine percent water. Wow. So we're going to save a lot of money on shipment. We're going to save a ton of money on shipment. Um, the O and M cost for this dryer ton. is not a lot. Um, what does so O and M stand for? Operation and maintenance. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, one of the big reports we did before we went out and bought this thing was a cost analysis over twenty years, comparing the status quo, cost shipping it out. Analysis. What? A cost. <laughs> cost analysis. Oh, you made a butt joke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He didn't make a butt yeah. joke. Yes. I had to. I had to dig deep. <laughs> Into the butt <laughs> joke. It's just it just keeps on giving. You know? yeah. So in the long run, we're going to save a lot of money. Yes. Oh. And um, so yeah, what I mean, yeah, fertilizer, um, land reclamation, like the mines could use it when they shut down sections of the mine hmm. or the entire mine, and they need to wow. reforest it's it. It's almost like wiping the um, state clean. Yeah. Um, it it has a really high BTU value. So one thing we're looking at is um, getting a biomass burner for some of our... Yeah, BTUs. British thermal units. You're going to be able to power the dryer with its own Ooh, a closed system. Not the dryer, but our own heating systems for the buildings. Um, The dryer, there, there are such systems out there, but they're kind of like in their infancy in mm. terms of technology and they didn't work so well when we went and checked them out. Mm. So we might wait a Soon few more we years. we may have a perpetual power. Yeah, perpetual, perpetual power. Perpetual power. <laughs> the future. Wow, Lou, you are on bright. fire tonight. <laughs> yeah, don't breathe that smoke. <laughs> well, they do that at the brewery, you know, where I work. Yeah. You know, we we and, and a, a huge beer amount of beer. and a huge amount of the energy does go into the dryer. Yeah. So we generate steam, and then the steam generates the so so that the big part of the energy goes into the dryer, and then the rest of it goes kind of surplus goes to operations. Yeah, but, most yeah. waste is not waste, and it sometimes takes some money and some a lot of thought, but you can do a lot with waste products in general. 
that's your lesson for the that's day. That's our lesson that's, for the day. It's good. It's good yeah. to know. So it's called a poop dryer. It's not, called a biosolid. I mean, we can call it a poop dryer, but I like calling technical it a poop dryer. Bios, biosolids dryer. Yeah, poop Biosol- is more but fun. But like dryer, not oven or anything like that, right? Like dryer. Dryer. Huh. It's drying it out. Because I expected there was going to be more tumbling. It's really in this low. Process. There, there are dryers that are more like a cement mixer uh-huh. that tumble. Yeah. Um, we opted for this belt one. Um, just less gross or like more efficient. This is more like the Bullwinkle's pizza belt. You know, it goes through like a Bullwinkle's pizza. What? Yeah, that's exactly. That belt? That's exactly no. it. Oh, one of those pizza. Oh yeah, or, or a bagel toaster, or like the thing at the silver bowl. Yeah, to have. the silver yeah. bowl used to have yeah. exactly, exactly. So that's that cool. idea. Oh, that's actually exactly but much like that, longer and with poop. All right, good. I always requested that at the silver bowl, and they never <laughs> listened to me. Yeah. So these bagels are good, but the dryer could be longer and with more poop. Yeah. <laughs> That's why, why they went, not, out, went out of business. Yeah, <laughs> they should have listened to me, man. Yeah. So That's what, cool. That's amazing. So what are, go go ahead. What do other isolated communities do? A lot of places in Alaska have lagoons. Mm-hmm. Like Imonic has one of those mm-hmm. where you guys were this summer. Mm-hmm. Because they're That's where I busted my finger on a project working for your dad. By the way, Marissa Capito. Oh, yeah. I bet it was my that, dad's fault, too. Well, I'm not wah, saying that. Wah, wah. But it was a project that I did for him when he was working at DC. I don't know. That finger looks fine. You shouldn't have stuck Which your finger, finger in fine. that dike. Which finger looks fine? Well, they're going different directions, they but it's are. hard to tell. <laughs> That's an optical illusion. <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, it, was mean, a, it was a good trip. But I was, uh, <laughs> I was researching uh, and doing a video on village sanitation systems, yeah. and we were in Mnemonic. And Mnemonic actually is a pretty advanced system because, as you guys saw, it has this, I don't know, was it out when you guys were there? It's like above ground. It's above ground pipes or insulated sucking. pipes, yeah. and it like sounds like a jet engine when you flush the toilet there, and it, it's this vacuum suck thing. But in the end, it all just gets pumped out to a fairly remote for the village lagoon. Which is gr- which is a vast improvement over what a lot of villages do. Yeah. you know that's a much better than the honey bucket and you know and, or or these bunkers that happen in some places where yeah. just everyone has a place where they dump it, so you don't have kids playing it, you don't have all that stuff going on, but it's still untreated sewage getting pumped into a lagoon. Yeah, I mean it's not great, but you when you look at these problems, you also have to consider like. These aren't places that you can get parts easily. So if you were to build a big thing like a dryer or some sort of other system, and what if it breaks? And then like that's a lot of money, that's a lot of time, that's a lot of training that people have to have, and so it's just not very practical. And then you also have the extreme climate and those super cold winters. Like some machinery is not made to function when it's that cold, and it costs a lot of money to heat buildings. So lagoons are. A practical solution for these places while kind of gross. It's kind of an interesting mm-hmm. thing because what we found when we were out there was kind of what you're alluding to, which is that it's not really an engineering issue, really, for the most part. It can be a money issue, but so much more it's about training and cultural yeah. issue because and maintenance. Num- and maintenance. So you train for maintenance and th- that stuff. Culturally, in some villages, it can be kind of like not the coolest job in the world to be the guy working the village sanitation yeah, system. it's frowned upon. Even though it's a steady job and can be a really great source of income mm-hmm. for that person. So that's a funny, you know, that's a thing you wouldn't have predicted, right? And, you know, typically when you build these systems, it's like, okay, well, people will work there. And it's like, you know, it's a, it's a good job and it's science and it's interesting and all that stuff. But um, so th- that comes into it, too. So that's a unique thing that happens in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. What do they use other than lagoons? 
And not just Alaska, but other, maybe other um, countries and other remote. So when I was in Cambodia, an up and coming solution for people, there are on, on lakes around Cambodia, there are floating villages. And they, um, there's this really cool organization um, one of my friends there worked for called Wetlands Work. And they install plants that sit in the back of your houses that live in the water. And when you go to the bathroom, the plants just, they eat the stuff. They eat the pee and the poop. And so as the water eventually like trickles through this little, and they're pretty small. They're not mm-hmm. they're like they aren't, aren't taking up swaths of water. Now are these um, are these uh, potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. No. Venus poo traps. <laughs> Is that just regular or sweet potatoes? <laughs> Depends what you eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so eventually, once the once the contaminated water makes it through this network of plants. Um, it's, it comes out clean on the other side. Like the, the plants eat all of the pathogens and the solids break down and wow. it's a cool, it's cool. not very, it's not very commonly used, but it's picking up steam because it's like, it, it involves like virtually zero training for the user. It's very cheap and it's really effective. One of the wildest places I've ever been to in Alaska is Makoriuk, which is out on Nunavak Island. You know where that is? Mm-hmm. So it's way, way west, 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 super west, west, isolated. west, yeah, and super isolated. But they have reindeer out there, and there's also walrus hunters out there. So there's a lot of – so I remember so distinctly, like, you couldn't kind of walk for three feet without tripping on a bone. Like, there wow. just were bones everywhere because they slaughtered reindeer, but they also hunted um, walrus. And there were, like, walrus skulls drying and – people's front porches and stuff. But the village sanitation system that they had there was they had flush toilets in in the houses, and then the toilets would flush out to a big tank that was outside every house. And then this guy would go around on a four-wheeler, and he had behind him a big, huge vacuum tank. And he would go and vacuum out these tanks, you know, go around and vacuum out these tanks. And then take, take the four-wheeler with that thing down and then dump it in a lagoon. But it was a way of having a having a flush toilet in every house. Yeah. But you're dealing with boardwalk communities often, right? So that's one thing that's interesting because when it's honey buckets, they spill on the boardwalk. I mean, right. it's, for people who haven't been out to villages, it's almost hard to imagine. But you have kids often or people hauling paint buckets, five gallon paint buckets, which in which are kind of euphemistically called honey buckets, <laughs> out in the village. But it's just full of human waste. And they're just hauling that down to some communal place where they've designated that's where you dump it. The neighbor's yeah. yard. Yeah, I mean, typically it's a lagoon or something, but you know, in some villages it is literally like you have a what they call bunkers, and you're just dumping it in a spot that like is the place. But then the dogs are in it, and the kids. I mean, you know, it's incredibly unsanitary. It's kind of an amazing thing. I don't know if it's still happening that way. When I was out there doing that project, it was many years ago. But I think it's still that way I in a lot, a lot of communities. I think a lot of places, yeah. Totally, think, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of like the crazy thing is that we live in the United States of America, and that's how people have to deal with their waste in some places. Yeah. And yeah, that video I did was called The Forgotten America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's what we called it in the mm-hmm. end. We sort of said, you know, like this is this sanitation issue that people wouldn't, 
would never suspect happens in America. Yeah. But it happens every day in America and still happens to this day in 2017. There's people who are Americans living here who haul their family's waste right down to a lagoon and just dump it in an open lagoon. And yeah. that's how they deal with it. I mean, it's incredible. It's <laughs> yeah. It's it's super crazy because like we're so used to just flushing the toilet and it just goes away and you don't have to think about it again. Well, sometimes it and goes away. Yeah. Sometimes, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky, one in three go away. <laughs> but, like, it, this is – poop, while a very valuable resource, once it's cleaned up, is complicated to deal with. It's not an easy task. And when you add these other elements that we just talked about, like – training your people and getting materials and getting funding to make these treatment systems. It's, it's not, it's not an easy problem to solve. Do you know, how much do you know about the history of poop here in Juneau? Like when we first started to get flush toilets and sanitation. I don't know that and, much. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I, that, wonder I, just if, I wonder if there's me. somebody at the city museum who would, oh, that'd be a fun the project. Shitty museum? That seems like you should, <laughs> that seems like an exhibit maybe. Nice little. That one got me, Lou. Yeah. The shitty museum. <laughs> We're talking... Village sanitation and city sanitation here in Juneau with an engineer for the Juneau Wastewater Facility, Marissa Capito. I'm Andy. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lou. This is Bridge from Nowhere. Our next segment with Sarah Ginter is brought to you by our sponsor, Tobor. This is Tobor. Tobor, the telesonic robot. Batteries not included. He's under your control. With a click from the telesonic commander. To circle. To proceed forward. To circle. Or to pick up the support module and return. All on your command. Tobor is robot spelled backwards. Tobor, the telesonic robot from Shopper. Bridge from Nowhere, we're back talking to Sarah Ginter. And uh, Sarah, you're a Juno kid. I am. And then you had all these other kids coming in out of your house because of the exchange program and coming in out of town that you were familiar with. But then you traveled. Mm -hmm. And you know lots of people who didn't obviously grow up in Juno. Yep. So what's the unique perspective of growing up in Juno? Do you think it's a limiting thing or do you think it's something because it's a small town and it's sort of isolated? Yeah. Or do you think it's a broadening thing in some ways? Like, how do you... Um, I mean, I think it's a real mix. I think most of my friends, and obviously there's, like, a lot of privilege that this has to do with, but have been able to travel outside or live outside. And I think that that's a pretty essential part of uh, living in Juneau at all, but especially growing up here, just because it is such a different place. And there's so many things that I, like, remember when I learned, like... Even just, like, seeing a sign on the road that said, like, Anchorage, like, 300 miles away, that was, like, mind-blowing to me for a while because we just don't really have any signs like that here. Um, 
So this idea of like being able to drive outside of Juneau is very exciting. Having an exit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like <laughs> right. when, the moment that you realize what a glory hole is, for yeah, example, well, like every right. Juno kid has their story about that. Yes. Learning <laughs> what other people think a glory it's not hole. The same. I no. told people that we took pies to the glory hole every <laughs> Christmas <laughs> because we do. <laughs> Juicy pies. <laughs> For those who don't juicy, know, juicy pies to the glory hole. The glory hole here is a uh, soup kitchen. Soup kitchen. Yes, and it's named after a, a, a mining term. It's a, yeah, it's also a mining term. So we have many glory holes around. We do. The there hills are several. Come visit Juno. We have many glory holes up in the Come mountain. To Juno, I above am, town. I'm going to start doing a tour of the glory holes. Yes. <laughs> It'll be a great van pulling up to the cruise ships in the summer. <laughs> Come on in. Don't be shy. Step right up this way. A lot of dudes. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with that? <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Then I also think there's like so many broadening factors of living in a place like this, too. Like just being so in touch with the environment in a way that a lot of people aren't. And also. Um, with native culture, like realizing that a lot of people growing up other places like don't even know the tribes that were from their area, like, things like that. I thought was really cool to grow up here, um, and many other things. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's true. I think that that's an interesting thing. I think uh, that what you're saying about the, the the native people that are from your area is absolutely true. I think that's really true. But also that connection to the outdoors because it's really just right outside our back door. You can't help it. Yeah. yeah. And Even if you a, don't like doing outdoorsy things, like you are an outdoorsy person just walking to your car. Yeah. It's <laughs> actually it's absolutely true. Yeah. And then uh, being a townie kid, mm-hmm. right, versus being a valley kid or that kind yeah. of thing too. Well, I grew up thinking that Alaska is this very liberal place because I grew up in downtown Juneau. <laughs> And there's like, you know, like just hippie, like prayer flags everywhere and all these whatever liberal, <laughs> liberal ideas floating around. And then growing up and realizing that Alaska was, I, I remember being shocked when I learned that Alaska was a conservative state. Very conservative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And Tony Knowles was the governor when I was a kid. So. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so that's, yeah, all that stuff's a really kind of cool perspective. So did you guys, you were talking about, um, road signs and stuff. Did you guys do road trips when you were a kid? Not really. Okay. I think we did a couple ones like from Haynes to Anchorage or something, but I barely remember that. So being in a car for more than half an hour is still a challenge. For yeah. Me. Right. And yeah. then because that's a big formative part of my growing up and that I still love doing is road trips. Yeah. But that, we did like growing up. Um, this is what I would always tell my tourists when I was doing tours for Gaston Guiding, but we would we would do road trips when people got their licenses. I don't know if your daughter also did this, but I remember like making like like the really cool thing was to burn CDs back then and like make a, a road trip mix because we like saw that in the movies. We were like, that's cool. <laughs> we need a mix and then get a bunch of junk food because we knew somehow that that's what you're supposed to do for a road trip and like get pillows and stuff and then drive out to the end of the road and back. <laughs> 40 <laughs> miles. Yeah, how Sarah's many miles got her license. Let's do a road trip. Woo! <laughs> we this town. Home. Half hour, hour and a half later, we're back. <laughs> that was crazy. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, desperately wanted to be like the rest of American teams. But. Do you remember seeing your very first billboard? <laughs> I think, I mean, I spent a lot of time in California. Like growing up, because that's where my mom was from. So I don't remember the the moment, 
but I remember being shocked they, by them. They were so different because we don't have them in Alaska. Right. And you see these gigantic, ugly, huge, sometimes neon covered, sometimes even maybe mechanical or something. Yeah, the ones, ones that, that shift and yeah. stuff. But I do remember seeing cows on the hillside in California, and they weren't, like, to me, all animals were wild if they weren't, like, tied down or associated with a human. And so I asked my mom what all the wild cows were doing on the hillside. <laughs> she was like, oh, wow, we really need to have a conversation about <laughs> farm animals. you to a farm book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did not. Farm, I mean, farms continue to be so fascinating to me, and biking across the country, I would stop and just stare at cows for like what felt like hours. Wow, it's amazing you ever made it across the country. There's a lot of cows in the middle of the country. I mean, that's where I grew up. They're everywhere. They're so interesting. They are. Cornfields are not interesting. No. I mean, I, I know you just said that out of your mouth, but I'm going to rebuke that right now. I bet, you know, but for, you didn't grow up in Judah. It's true, but That's cornfields are uninteresting. So what you're saying is, like, like I grew up in the Midwest, so I have cornfields all the time. So when I, like living here, I'm still amazed every day by all the mountains above my yeah, head. So what you're I'm saying like, is boring. mountains for me are like cornfields no, you're for not. you. You're That's not. exactly what she's saying. But she's not no, bored by the like mountains, mountains here. Yeah. I do realize, like, I didn't yeah, realize, like, how amazing of a view I had growing up. Like, all the stuff hmm. that you, like, take for granted and it's like oh yeah another mountain whatever killer whales in the channel now, speaking <laughs> of road trips I've, i'm wondering like you talked about when you got licenses like driving out to the road in the back did you also when you guys were kids like just drive out the road to get up to no good oh yeah yeah I mean, and, it seems like what would happen here right and because that's where there was no cell phone service i mean there still isn't in some places but cell phones kind of started being a thing when i was in high school and so i would just turn off my phone and be like yo i was out the road going for a hike like i don't know it was so I guess that was not going out the road, but mm-hmm. but yeah, we'd go out there. And out the, out the road out. was used as an excuse. Exactly. In other words, also, it's an yeah. excuse destination also, yeah. Because parents supported you doing outdoor right. Right. Oh, activities. Oh, well, that's fine. Yeah. We'll do that. That's great. We're renting a cabin. Right. We're renting a cabin <laughs> sniffing glue. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have 60 cans of whipped cream out at the cabin. It's not practical camping food, Sarah. <laughs> and they're like, it's so great. You're using your Girl Scout skills. Yeah, right. Nice. nice. <laughs> but, I mean, I would think I've always wanted that because growing up, I grew up in like a suburb. And so it was, you know, it was just you did all suburban kid stuff. But I would think growing up here, you must just like go out the road to do whatever thing you don't you don't want people to see you doing. Right. Yeah. Like, Partying and drinking and all that rock kid stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, the there's tons of isolated <laughs> where places. The, where are the spots? Yeah. Well, I love that there's still teenagers smoking in the same place they've always been smoking at, in the cemetery. Cemetery. Yeah, yeah that's classic. near my house. Yeah, yeah, right. They terrified me as a little kid walking past. <laughs> um, I mean, just all your all your typical roads: North Douglas, Thane, um, Cope Park. <laughs> so, like Dupont, Thane. You'd go down to yeah, 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 we totally go camping right. out there. Right. I mean, we kind of have it easy Sunshine here Cove, as Juno teenagers because right. if your parents let you go camping, like you're that's basically spending the night at a boy's house or whatever, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, no, right, it's <laughs> whatever you wanted to yeah, be. Yeah, just getting up to no good. Yeah, <laughs> totally right. ruining every teenager's <laughs> life right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's not happening. No now. more any, camping. Any parents, I know what's happening now. <laughs> Any parents listening to this, yes. But it, I don't know. I listened to Bridge from Nowhere, and now I know what's happened. Yeah, I don't know if this is true because I only have my own experience of growing up here, but I feel like there is kind of a certain more independence that kids grow up with, um, probably like being a small town also, 
and being trusted like I was trusted to just wander around downtown, whatever. But also this independent spirit of Alaska and like having to kind of, you know, take care of yourself and go on hikes by yourself or with a friend or whatever. So let's talk a little serious talk here for a moment though were okay. there were you are you're a person that could handle that is responsible for that but there's a lot of kids in Juno that kind of fell off yeah were you in that kind of period of time of all the oxycontin Oxy and, and all that stuff happening um was that a little... I feel like it was more like right after I I mean right. kids were definitely doing stupid yeah. stuff when I was in high school too but it, I think the whole craze when stuff really hit the fan was um right after I was in high school yeah yeah and um but it's such a tragic, obviously, tragic thing. Um, and it seems like it's maybe a little bit of a it's, – it, it's a little bit maybe because of the small town thing, the boredom, that stuff. It seems like that plays into it a little or do you think I'm wrong about that? I don't know. I think so. I think the isolation and I think um, like a lot of kids might get stuck with a certain friend group or a certain – um, I mean, I think this happens anywhere, but just especially because it's so isolated and it's, you know, it's all of us who are here in it together, um, that if you get kind of stuck in that, it's hard to get yourself out. Like you can't really like move schools. I guess you can now because there's two high schools, but, um, you know, that small town vibe of not really being able to recreate yourself if you're trying to get out. So I had a lot of friends that were having a hard time in high school and then kind of once they got to college and actually left, you know, were able to straighten themselves out. Sure. Because you yeah. can be a new person and yeah, be accepted. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah. I mean, I think that kind of, maybe that kind of happens no matter where you are in a way. Yeah. It's kind of hard yeah. to recreate yourself in high school no matter where you are. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and it, like, I feel like it would be hard to grow up here or live here in general if you didn't like doing outdoors stuff. But um, I also feel like, I remember my mom saying, like, well, like teenagers complain about being bored anywhere they are. Like in L.A., they complain about being bored in New York City and I just remember being like, huh, I guess you're kind of right. Yeah. yeah. Teenagers are just bored <laughs> in general. <laughs> I have not been bored since I was a teenager, so that must be true. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, your life has been interesting since that teenage and it's years like, what else? Yeah, like what else is there in other places? Like I don't think I would have been into hanging out at malls. Yeah, I was just going to ask. Like you talked what a little bit about road do? trips, but like were there other things when you were growing up here that you saw or heard about and really like were upset that you didn't get to do like go to the mall or yeah i was I really know. intrigued by malls um and i remember like going on i was in alaska youth choir and we go on choir tour and they would build in a day at the mall for us because they were like these poor deprived you know kids <laughs> go so to we'd a have mall. chaperones and we'd go shopping we'd be like, oh. never gone to a limited yeah <laughs> oh, banana republic i've Guess. heard of gap before <laughs> e-spirit hot topic i've never been to a food court <laughs> yeah in seriously. my entire life right there's no food courts here. i mean i really yeah. thought the nugget mall was a mall when i was Oof. a kid yeah i mean i gotta say food courts were a pretty big part of my teenage years <laughs> yeah and all the oh, fast yeah. food chains too like i thought carl's jr was a clothing company for the longest time <laughs> <laughs> well it is they just don't they just don't talk about it as they much. make bad clothes yeah it's really not good no. yeah <laughs> Only double XL and, and above, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, I should yeah, take but... the junior off the name, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But we also have had pretty much every kind of fast food here in town, too. It's cycled through. People, yeah, I remember there was Wendy's, Burger King was Taco all here. Taco Bell. A oh. couple of Taco Bells. The glory years. forever rest in peace. The, the glory years when we had two Taco Bells. <laughs> oh, my God. Those were the days. There's two Burger Kings for a while, too. Yeah. Juno, where so fast food that. comes to die. 
It's true. Even <laughs> McDonald's. Even McDonald's can't can't hack a downtown location. Seriously. I guess it, I guess it didn't fit their uh, criteria. They need a drive-through, and they need a drive-through to be on the inbound. Oh, that was the problem. Yeah, it's something yeah, it was like drive-through related is why and they it's did not like, seem like it was lacking. They business. won't take just any side of the road. They need to be on like the inbound on the commute. I think it is. Whoa. Because they there's something there's some higher percentage of people that go. Anyway, whatever. Dang. Right. Crazy. Like water parks and amusement parks. Also. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, very missed in my childhood. How Hello. About, how about this? Oh, this, God. How about yeah. just the sun and yep. warm weather and stuff? That must have been something. Well, that, when I was uh, six years old, we got a cat, and uh, her fur was gray. And so my mom said, like, let's think about things that are gray to name our cat. And I said, the sky's gray. Let's name her Skyly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when my mom was just like, wow, my this. kids don't even know the sky is blue. <laughs> I remember one time my kid was really little, but we took we went on some trip. She was like three. We went on some trip and she was like really I don't remember her being scared exactly, but really fascinated and weirded out by her shadow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. that was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> you know? Remember, we'd always complain about, like, Mommy, the sun's getting in my eyes. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. Right. It burns. We don't understand how to use our eyelids. <laughs> We're from Juno. We don't even understand their function. <laughs> uh, all right. Sarah Ginter is who we're talking to here on Bridge from Nowhere. Sarah, thanks for talking to us. Yeah. That's it from Bridge from Nowhere. Thanks to our guests, Marissa Capito and Sarah Ginter. Thanks to our house band, Coolson, who are Steve Nelson. Steve Nelson! And George Kuhar. Thanks to KTOO and Alaska Robotics for helping put this together. Thanks to Jeff Brown, Scott Burton, and Shelly Delaney for their technical assistance. I like your stuff. <laughs> I like your downstairs. <laughs> I like you, Sam. <laughs> Thanks to Heather, Allie, and Jen for their continued support. Tobor is robot spelled backwards. If you want more information about Bridge From Nowhere, go visit our website, bridgefromnowhere.com. You can download all of our past episodes there, too. And also on iTunes and Stitcher and all those other places. Boy, I have oh, Sorry for that, yes. fellow. <laughs> Poor fellow. Well, that was an unhappy fellow. Poor fellow. His old, his old chap is a little too constricted. <laughs> If you go to iTunes and download Bridge from Nowhere, consider subscribing. That's always nice. We like subscribers. Wait a second. <laughs> when I was in the John, I didn't hear a splash. <laughs> so I went back in and I checked my pants. Oh. The underwear. There's nothing there. Nothing in the underwear. No, so uh apparently <laughs> I ended up in between the underwear and the pants. <laughs> So <laughs> that's it for Bridge from Nowhere. We burned another bridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs>